Be seated. Dear family members and friends, we have come into God's presence to join in marriage Megan Oppenheis and Alec Vanderzee. In doing so, we seek to honor the will of God for marriage, the concern of the Christian church for its well-being, and the interests of the state in the orderly development of society. That we may do so, let us seek God's favor and blessing upon this blessed ceremony. Let's pray. God, our Father, we praise you for making and redeeming us to live together in love. We thank you for the love and trust which bring Megan and Alec to this, their wedding day. Favor them with the honor of your presence and unite them by your spirit so that together they may reflect the love of Christ for his church and the church's devotion to her Savior. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Today, Megan and Alec leave their parents to establish a new home. Do you, Mr. and Mrs. Oppenheis, give your blessing to them and promise to uphold them in their pledge of love and fidelity to each other? Dear Christian friends, since we have received no lawful objections to this proposed union, it is fitting that we call to mind the institution purpose and obligations of marriage as taught in God's word. The holy bond of marriage was instituted by God himself at the beginning. God made man after his own image and gave to him the blessing and task to exercise dominion over all things. In so doing, God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so God created woman of man's own substance and brought her to the man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Our Lord Jesus Christ confirmed the blessedness of marriage, declaring it to be a lasting union, when he said, What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. The Apostle Paul shows the exalted significance of marriage when he calls the union of husband and wife a symbol of the mystic union between Christ and his church. Thus we learn that marriage is well-pleasing to God and most honorable to all who maintain it with mutual love and fidelity. In marriage, as instituted by God, a man and a woman covenant to live together in a lifelong exclusive partnership of love and fidelity. If marriage is to be pleasing in the sight of God, those who enter into this covenant of life must share a common commitment to the Lord of life. In putting his blessing on marriage, God's purpose was to provide a context within which husband and wife can help and comfort each other and find mutual companionship before the Lord, a setting within which they may give loving and tender expression to the desires he gave them, a secure environment within which children may be born and taught to know and serve the Lord, a structure that enriches society and contributes to its orderly function, and a relationship that serves to further his kingdom and bring him glory. Indeed, when these purposes are prayerfully pursued in union with Christ, the kingdom of God is advanced, and the blessedness of husband and wife is assured. The institution and purpose of marriage also brings with it obligations for each partner. 
In Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul admonishes all Christians to develop a mutual respect and love when he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When he applies this to the marriage relationship, he instructs the wife to be subject to her husband as the church is subject to Christ, its head. He also instructs the husband to pattern his love for his wife after the example of Christ's love for his body, the church. Paul says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In marriage, this requires that the husband and wife serve each other by providing the love, respect, and faith that will enrich their lives together and build a Christ-centered home. Our sinful and selfish tendency to break down what God has built threatens marriage with tensions, anguish, and even broken bonds. People who marry in the Lord, however, may trust that he will lead them and graciously provide for their needs when they follow the biblical pattern for love. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. To desire marriage as instituted by God and ordered according to his word, then, means that we may not enter into it carelessly or from selfish motives, but responsibly and prayerfully. It also means that we must seek God's grace in order that we might faithfully fulfill the obligations and privileges of marriage, both in life's joys and in its trials. And now Megan and Alec, understanding that God has instituted, ordered, and blessed the holy union of marriage, do you affirm this biblical teaching, and do you commit yourselves to each other in accordance with it? Alec, Megan. May the Lord confirm the desire and purpose of your hearts, And may your beginning be in the name of the Lord, our Creator and Redeemer. Well, this is the the big day, right? All the planning and preparation come into this. When we had been meeting, I had asked you both if there was a text that you would like me to to preach on, and you gave some thought and asked if Psalm 23 would work, and I said it would. It would certainly work, and I'm glad that you actually did choose Psalm 23 for a wedding. And I'll explain that in a moment. But first, I'm going to read Psalm 23, a well-known psalm to us all. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I was pleased that you selected this psalm. Most of the time we think of this psalm in the context of perhaps grief or mourning when we're looking for for comfort from the trials of life. And yet there's another side to this psalm that I think comes out when you read it in this context, in a ceremony of, of celebration, in a ceremony of God's provision 
where we see what he's doing for you and even fulfillment partially of this psalm by directing your way, by leading you into even green pastures, even leading your way down right paths. It pulls out the language of this psalm, how God provides feasts for his people, how he shepherds them down those right paths. And in this way, a a right path that he's shepherding you both down is a right union, a righteous union between two believers who come together in love and pledge themselves underneath Christ, but to each other. And that is a right path, a way that he brings blessing. Life brings much pain, but life brings also much joy, and you experience that now. What a blessing it is to experience this day and celebrate it together. You come today, and God has blessed you with a profound institution of marriage, the closest of bonds that can be made on this earth, the closest of unions, the most intimate of expressions. But this is God's gifts to you. And as I understand it, you are somewhat destined to be together. Now you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, I'm going to read it, you, you guys did tell me this at one point. While you were dating, the first three sermons you heard, first was putting God first, second was the submissive wife, And then third, the loving husband. I'll just say, if any relationship begins that way, it's probably likely they're going to end in marriage. I just think that's a good way to start. You guys were were somewhat destined then together. You started out your dating relationship well, seeing the promises of God. But I like that ordering that God gave to you, putting God first. It starts there with him. And that's what we see in Psalm 23. It's a privilege to give a marriage message as well as meet with the couples beforehand, not only because I get to know you both, not only because we get to interact in that way and you share in this special day, but it's especially meaningful to me as I get to see God's provision for his people and, and get to see a husband and wife made out of a promise that ultimately God makes with his people that's meant to, to reveal that union and reveal that care. And I get to see God's care and provision, and that's exactly what Psalm 23 is. It's a song of confidence and trust in the Lord for all walks of life. Those first four verses describe the Lord as my shepherd, and that shepherd imagery is helpful for you both as you enter into this covenant for does the Lord abandon you as you make these oaths? Certainly not. A shepherd walks with his sheep. It's the very nature of a shepherd that every day he's in it with them. He walks every day with them in their paths, and that is a shepherd. A shepherd has the staff to to guide his people, a staff to protect his people, a staff to pull them out of difficulty. And when you think of that in the context of marriage, that gives us great hope. That gives you both great comfort. It's helpful to think of this as you get married. Your life will certainly bring green pastures, easy, restful waters, and it's not wrong to see that that is a fulfillment of God's leading, that even in a marriage you experience the pleasures of life, growth even in righteousness. Your your walk through with each other in marriage will help you both grow together, and that is as well fulfilling the, the psalm statement about the Lord directing you along right paths. You will both be shepherds, in a sense, to each other. And what I mean by that is that as you love each other, as you care for each other, you will be those who are leading in righteousness. You will be those to to point out each other's weaknesses in a loving way and help them to walk down the right paths. Alec, Megan, know that the Lord is your shepherd. Build your family on that truth. 
In this psalm, you find yourself ready to face all of life, be it feasting and weddings and ceremonies and and dancing and whatever might that be, or even difficulties, even imminent attack. As Christians, we all experience God's hand to restore our soul, to lead us in paths of righteousness. And this means the retrieving or reviving of his sheep. And so how do you walk in this way? Well, marriage is God's blessing and provision, but as a married couple, as Christians in marriage, you will both experience growth and weakness. You will both need to put sins to death. We all know that as you make this transition, your life has changed. You are no longer who you were. As you, as you leave this sanctuary, you're not the ones who walked in. You have different obligations. You have different responsibilities. But the Lord will lead you down those paths. You have the capacity to bring great honor to God's name and how you cultivate your marriage and how you show and display self-sacrificial love. And then this is when we bring in that other element of the psalm. Verse 4 presents imagery we might not want to think about on a celebration day and on a wedding day. And that's the dark valleys that we face. But again, this psalm assures you that when you go through difficult times, even in your marriage, God is leading you down them. When you follow God, the dark valley is as true for you as his right paths are, as his still waters are, for he is with you. That fact helps us face the future. That fact helps you face the difficulties, the blessings of all of life together. And when a marriage is founded on this truth, it will stand strong for however long God blesses you with each other. It will be a blessing to you both. And then verses 5 and 6 of this psalm show how the Lord is a friendly host at a banquet. And this fellowship is so strong, it's, it's a communion, it's a covenant bond even that you have with this Lord who prepares this feast. Verse 4 had put before us the shadow of death, but verse 5 shows that it gives way to feast. I'm going to quote one man who put it well when he described what God does in this verse. It is one thing to survive a threat, quite another to turn it into triumph. And that is the shepherd you have. That is the shepherd with which you enter marriage. Certainly weddings and celebrations and feasts bring that that good side to our minds, but as well the blessings and comfort that the Lord lays upon us even as he is our shepherd. Remember, your marriage is only a partial representation, only a small fulfillment of his faithfulness to you in every way, but it certainly is a fulfillment. Megan and Alec, you make a covenant relationship with each other here, and that represents the relationship you have with God. And right now, it may seem so clear, and even David's words, goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life, it's easy to see now. But I want to end with the way the psalm does at the end of verse 6. It says, And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Again, both of you are changing life in a significant way. Alec, you entered this sanctuary as one who was part of your family's household. And as the Bible says, you are leaving that. It is good that you leave that and cleave to another, that you establish your own home. But you you entered as a single man. You leave as a head of a family. You leave as the head of a wife with responsibilities, with with all that goes with that, the, the joys and blessings, but as well as that charge of headship to guide and lead to be the spiritual head to Megan. Megan, you are, as in the same way, entering this sanctuary as one who is in your father's household, one who is to be protected under his headship, but now you are devoted to Alec. Now a new home is your responsibility and your domain. 
And that's where this psalm brings that blessing. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your friend and host. So a lot's changing today. A lot's transitioning. But one thing doesn't transition. And that's what this psalm says. One thing hasn't changed for you. You both stand in the care of the Lord. And you both stand through that in the promise of Christ, that he will guide you as an expert shepherd. He will give you the pastures and still waters when you need nourishment and peace and rest. He will restore your souls when you are ailing or have stumbled. Even the darkest of valleys will not cause you to fear. And it's not actually because you have each other, though that will be a blessing. The blessing you have never fails. It's that the Lord is with you both in all things. Fully enjoy your marriage together. Fully enjoy the blessing that the Lord has provided for you in in each other. But always build your house and your relationship on the foundation. The Lord is your shepherd and your true home is with him. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you and we pray that you would be with Alec and Megan, that you would bless this covenant they make with each other. And may it be a promise that puts you, the good shepherd, at the center of their marriage. And by doing so, may you bless their life together. Amen. Alec, you will now make your vows and repeat after me. I, Alec, I, Alec take you, Megan, to be my wife. I promise before God and all who are present here to be your loving and faithful husband. I will love you and give myself up for you as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in riches and in poverty, in sickness and in health. I will serve you with tenderness and respect and encourage you to develop the gifts that God has given you and never forsake you as long as we both shall live. Megan, repeat after me. I, Megan, take you, Alec, to be my husband. I promise before God and all who are present here to be your loving and faithful wife. I will love you and submit to you as the church loves and submits to Christ. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad, in riches and in poverty, in sickness and in health. I will serve you with tenderness and respect and encourage you to develop the gifts that God has given you and never forsake you as long as we both shall live. With those vows and with those promises comes those obligations, comes that love and respect for each other. 
As a symbol of their love, Alec and Megan will join grains of sand as they portray their union in marriage. As they do this, we will stand as the congregation and sing number 103E in the red books in front of you, the red Trinity Psalter hymnals in front of you. Number 103E, we will sing verses 1, 3, and 5. 1, 3, and 5 of 103E. Let's stand and sing. seated. One of the great blessings of marriage is to provide a symbol of the promise and covenant you make to each other, that you can look down at your hand at any moment and remember the promise you made with each other. And so at this time, Megan and Alec, you will exchange rings as a symbol of the promise, as a symbol of that covenant that you have just made. 
Alec, well, you should you should get the rings first before I uh, before I start the process. <laughs> Alec, place the ring on Megan's finger and say, "I give you this ring, I give you this ring as, a as a symbol of my constant faithfulness, of my constant faithfulness and, abiding love. and abiding love." Megan, place the ring on Alec's finger and say, "I give you this ring." as a symbol of my constant faithfulness and abiding love. According to the laws of the state and the ordinances of the Church of Christ, I now pronounce you, Megan and Alec, husband and wife, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What therefore God has joined together, let no one separate. From this day forward, as you travel life's pathway together, may the Father of all mercies, who of his grace has called you to this holy state of marriage, bind you together in true love and faithfulness, and grant you his blessing. Alec, you may kiss your bride. We will ask a prayer, we will say a prayer of blessing for them as they begin their new life together. Our Father in heaven, grant your blessing on Megan and Alec in their union as husband and wife. We give you thanks for the vows they have spoken to one another and the pledge of love and fidelity in which they are now united. May they find your love and fidelity to them the source and blessings for the promises they have expressed. We pray that Jesus Christ will ever reign as the acknowledged head of their home and the master of their lives. Gracious Father, equip them with the Holy Spirit so that they may walk with one another in patience and serve you and each other sacrificially. Work your grace in their marriage so that, as husband and wife, they may express abiding kindness to one another and grant to them a lasting trust in Jesus Christ our Lord, so that you are praised, whether in life's abundance and joys or in life's burdens and trials. May their home then be a place of joy and security, and in times of difficulty, a haven of healing and forgiveness. May they and the children you may be pleased to give them give constant thanks to you. Be pleased now to bestow these blessings on them, our Heavenly Father, who with the Son and the Holy Spirit, our eternal God, is blessed and exalted forever. Amen. Would you all stand? We are going to respond and sing the doxology. That's number 568 in that same hymnal you sang from, number 568. Dear family members and friends, it is my honor to present to you for the first time Mr. and Mrs. Alec Vanderzee. <laughs> 